Sports Property Schoolyard Sports Studio. Here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back as we get ready for two hours with you today here on Sports Talk. The matchup is set. The 49ers and Chiefs will battle it out. Super Bowl 58 will be there. In fact, a week from today, we'll be already in Las Vegas. And the team of Lane Frank, Caden McConnell, and UTEP Zay. I believe, is he going to be UTEP Zay? We know for sure because he's got track and field. We know 100% for sure that they do not have track and field that day. You and I might have to send off an email. That's the only thing that Zay told me today. Other than that, we are confirmed. Zay will be in the mix next Monday uh, to uh, help co-host Sports Talk with the guys. What a great show that's going to be. You know, that that is going to be a winner right there. So I'm excited about that. Uh, we'll be getting our footing uh, in Vegas this time next week. In fact, already getting our sponsors lined up. So happy about this. We already have uh, one uh, major sponsor. That's going to be our broadcast, uh, our, our broadcast, and that's going to be uh, thanks to uh, Paulo Verde Homes. Of course, uh, that is uh, Edgar Montiel and company. And uh, Edgar has been a friend of the show for years. He's Jumped on board for a lot of different things, and uh, happy to have him uh, with us as uh, our, our major sponsor for this. And uh, we also have a lot of contributing sponsors that are going to be uh, part of the broadcast as well. Uh, I know uh, Oscar Adietta will be a part of this, the Oscar Adietta Agency. I know 915 Tours uh, is already in. Uh, just had a chance uh, to see uh, Jim Diaz today at Pelicans. They are on board. Uh, I didn't even know this. This is a great piece of trivia. But Jim Diaz, uh, owner of Pelicans, former receiver slash running back at Eastwood High, class of 83, which means he graduated a year before the FOSS, but they're former teammates, former high school teammates. How cool is that? They throw it back. They go way back. I love it, Steve. The way back machine. That's right. That's where it takes us. And uh, then we also... Happy to say I'm proud to announce that uh, Roland Smoke Barbecue. They are our focus this week for dining deals. They're located uh, at 200 South Main off of Anthony Exit Zero. And uh, if you haven't tried Roland Smoke Barbecue, I've got great news for you. You can try it this week, Friday at 10 a.m. when it goes on sale. $50 gift certificates to Roland Smoke for $25. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're looking for. Whether it's going to be their signature brisket, baby back ribs, sausage, chicken. They've got it all. And then on weekends, they have the pound and a half dino ribs. Buzz is all excited about that. Because I think he might be getting one this week. Thanks to uh, our pal Jesus and company from uh, Roland Smoke Barbecue. So they are also in as a sponsor of our trip out to uh, Radio Row. The road to Las Vegas. And uh, the big one, where we will be uh, broadcasting Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We have four shows each day. And this is going to be wild because we've got a total of six hours a day. Three hours of sports talk, three hours of laying down the law. Foss and Chris will be preceding us. From 12 to 3 every day, and then we'll come on from 4 to 7. And there's the plan, and we're excited about that. And we are lining up guests as we speak. As we speak. So, a lot of announcements. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to having uh, all of you uh, joining us when we broadcast live from Las Vegas next week. Second year in a row, sports talk from Radio Row. And that's going to be great. As we kick things off today, we have two calls, but let's just you know get to the main storylines here, all right? Uh, I really thought it was going to be Lions and Chiefs, and I was so excited because that's what I picked on the air all week. I was so I was like, yes, the Lions, they did it. They backed me up. They came ready to play. Look, truth is, for a half of football, they looked like a Super Bowl team. And then, unfortunately, in the second half, they looked like the Lions. They did. I mean, they, they blew a 17-point lead, never should have blown the 17-point lead, 
And we could talk about Dan Campbell today until we're blue in the face. Um, and his decisions were baffling. They really were. And I've, I've, I've heard all the stats about how his field goal kicker was like 65% career from 40-plus. So he was worried about that. So they went for it. But he's been going for it ever since he became a head coach. That's his mantra. I mean, they, that's what they do. They don't, they, don't, they don't settle for three. They just go for seven all the time. But look, the Gibbs fumble killed him. The, um, you know, not just the Gibbs fumble, but if you think about it, we had um, a lot of things, a lot of drop passes. I thought Jared Goff played great. I thought Jared Goff was the least of their problems on uh, yesterday. I really did. But, you know, the defense let him back in. The Gibbs fumble, the drop passes, the decisions not to kick field goals. Adrian, this was like the perfect storm, which led to one of the great comebacks in 49ers history yesterday. Yeah, and I don't want to hear anything about how momentum's not a real thing, because what the Niners did is capitalize on the momentum. It was first the Brock Purdy pass, Steve, that should have been intercepted, hit the guy in the face. And then it gets bounced off the head, of and and uh, somehow Brandon Ayuk is able to catch it at the five-yard line. They punch it in. Then, like you mentioned, the next drive, right after that, the first play of that drive, uh, Gibbs fumbles the ball. And just like that, the 49ers are tied with the Lions. This game was supposed to be over uh, before even half. You know, you talked about how the first half, well, I, in my opinion, if I'm the Lions, I'm putting the dagger out there with that last touchdown. And if they went for it in the second half, why didn't they go for it in the first half? Be consistent. My issue with Dan Campbell is not so much uh, the decisions. It's to be more consistent when you do things like this, when you lean on analytics. And he wasn't consistent because if he kicked the field goal to close out the first half and then he went for it twice in the second half, which the first time going for it shouldn't have happened whatsoever. And then the bonehead timeout yeah. on that final drive. I was thinking to myself, it's over. Well, why watch it? They why called, watch it? Listen, they called the timeout because they ran the ball. Don't call I the mean, run. Don't call the run. That's what it was. Don't call the run. The run was idiotic because the run cost them 40 seconds and cost them an opportunity to at least have one last shot. One yeah, last shot. Terrible game management to close out the game. You talked about the yep. drop passes. Josh Reynolds uh, will not be a Lion in the future. I Probably mean, just not. based on what happened there. And I, I feel bad for the Lions fans. They, I feel terrible for Lions fans. They had uh, grinded through this entire season. I guess the light at the end of the tunnel is there's always next year. There's still a young team. Laporta, Gibbs, uh, you name it. Those guys are all young and really strong players. Uh, but it, it ripped the, you know what? Uh, yesterday, the 49ers ripped their hearts out right in front of them showed it to them and finished the game and, and credit Brock Purdy I thought he played fantastic in the second half was a true gamer really reminded me of JJ McCarthy uh scrambling he's not the fastest guy but he makes the right plays and uh you know what he just he did enough he's much better of a quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo in my opinion uh and you know what they got the right guy here at least for right now yeah. going into the Super Bowl he, he proved a lot to me he did he had well he had a great second half they were terrible in the first half Great second half. They really were. It was the perfect storm. It was the perfect storm. And I'll tell you this much. I'm okay with the decision to kick the field goal at the end of the first half because they were close. Remember, this was, I think, more about their kicker's inability to kick beyond 40 for his career. He's not the Lions' regular kicker. Their regular kicker got hurt like six weeks ago. So he's a fill-in. And essentially, they just didn't have confidence in him kicking longer field goals, which is one of the reasons why they kept going for it when they were in that 40 to 49-yard range versus the end of the first half where they're right at the goal line and decided, okay, chip shot, feel better about that than we do anything else. Now, would I have gone for the field goal after the third down timeout? Yes. And then that's the ultimate gamble. Because then if he is if Reynolds doesn't catch that pass and make it a three point game, game's over anyway. There's a two score game. So I couldn't I mean I was the whole thing was strange. The whole game was weird. It's almost like Dan Campbell's the kind of guy that would split kings, a pair of kings, when you're playing blackjack and you're at a high roller table. Yeah, I heard and, you know, I heard a lot of these casino references today to Dan Campbell. I'll throw a, a funny analogy I heard today, Steve. Uh, Dan Campbell's like the guy who is so stubborn that wears shorts all the time, and then it's his daughter's wedding, and you got to wear pants at yeah. your daughter's wedding. I'm sorry, man. It's, it's for the big games, for the big moments. You got to just do what's right and what's best for your team and everything. You can't wear the shorts on the big day. Remember when playing in the scene in Tin Cup, 
when he keeps hitting it into the water. And rather than just take the drop, he refuses and he keeps hitting it into yes. the water until he finally holds it in. Yeah, the only that's difference it. The only difference was Dan Campbell never holds it in. Didn't get a chance to. Very stubborn. His decision makings uh, w- really killed him in the end, and it is kind. Of, it reminds me of the, uh, to a lesser version, the brand, uh, the uh, uh, Chargers head coach or former coach Brandon Staley. He always made these decisions. He had to live with them all the time. And Dan Campbell wow. today, he has to live with all these decisions. I just feel like Dan Campbell is the opposite of every head coach we've ever seen in the history of football. He is because uh, he's got the no nonsense type to him, but he favors analytics. So uh, you yeah. typically see the no nonsense meathead guys, but they they throw analytics out the window. Instead, with him, he embraces analytics to his own fault. At Good this, point. At this moment, let's go to the phones. We'll start it off with Orly. This is a guy that I was texting yesterday during the game, and I told Orly, "Man, oh man, sorry, it's not going to be your game for the first half." And he he was agreeing, and all of a sudden. Look what happened, Orly. One of the great comebacks in the history of this franchise. Boy, it's been fun. Been fun. You know, defense stepped up. They did some adjustments at halftime. Of course, Detroit gave them a lot of opportunities. Um, Campbell, I thought it was horrible coaching. Um, it just came back to bite them. You, you can't give the 49ers a second chance. They've got a good. They've got a, a mature senior team. Well, not senior, older team. Mature. Yeah. You know all the critics, especially Colin Cowher, whatever his name is, saying that Purdy's not an elite quarter, <clears throat> not elite quarterback. That he's not a number one. You don't have to be a number one to be a good quarterback. Look at Tom Brady. Um. All, you know, he's such an elitist uh, coward. I, I don't know why he doesn't listen to him. I don't know why either. That's your fault, Pur- not mine. So yeah, you know, you know what? You, you listen. You listen to Purdy's critics. He can't win from coming from behind. We haven't seen what he can do from behind. Well, it's been two weeks in a row now. He came back on the great drive against Green Bay. Yep. And he did the drive. He his second half. He looked. He started. Ri- Matter of fact, it was not scripted. He went off script by running the ball. And that was the turning point of the game. The young man, you know, all the parents out there that have taken their children from from the little leagues to the high schools and gone every weekend, every night to take them to practice and sit out there three or four hours to see his parents celebrate, that was all about. There's a lot of parents that do that. So my hat's off to them. It was It was a good game. Um, we had a call after I called last week, Dan, he said, he's not a cowboy fan. He's not a key. He, he kind of called me out a little bit, but you know what, Dan? No, they don't walk on water. We don't, we don't go to the red sea and split it and open up the red sea, but the guy's got a great organization in San Francisco. Yeah, the general manager has done a great job. The coaching, uh, I think he's finally got his quarterback. But it's fun. They're, they're, they're experienced. And they'll give Kansas City all they can handle. And like I told Dan, or told you, it's not the end of the world. The, world, the world's still going on. Didn't crumble after the game. Um, it's fun to be a 49er fan right now. Do we deserve that win? Probably not, but we came back. Good teams find ways to win and take advantage of the situation. Yeah, bad teams find ways to lose. I was always, I've heard that I've heard that forever, Orly, and I appreciate the call. And you're right. By the way, look at the two wins for the 49ers, right? Look at how they've advanced to the Super Bowl this year. They looked like they were done against the Packers and they came back from the dead to win that game. And then yesterday, they're down 24-7 at halftime, getting completely outclassed and outdominated, and they came back to beat Detroit. It's, it's, it's wild. Both games against, against NFC North 
opponents. Yeah, I just I, I thought it was a nightmare, Steve. I woke up today and I thought to myself, wait, did that game really happen? Yeah. That game was over. I texted you, great. I'm, I'm so excited. We're going to see Detroit, Kansas City in the Super Bowl. This is going to be a great week. I mean, look, we couldn't have gone wrong anyway. This would have shook out as far as the, the Super Bowl matchups go. But at the same time, it was Detroit. It, w- it reminded me, Dan Campbell pulled a Dana Dimmel when UTEP played UTSA uh, bowl game on the line, bowl opportunity and bowl birth on the line. They went up 24-14, same score. And then UTSA came back and beat them in the yep. end. I know. Wasn't it 24-7 also at that point? Yeah, and actually it was before half. It was 24-7. They yeah, that's scored right. a touchdown before half. Gavin right. Beckley missed a field goal before half. And then things started to unravel in the second half. That's a good point. 18 pass. Good start to the show. We'll get to Cruz right after Charlie. He's back with a traffic update. Twenty-two past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk, five zero five six zero zero nine one line available. We will recap the UTEP game Saturday. The men losing again on the road, staying winless on the season, and social media went nuts. I mean, that's the best way to put it. I almost feel like Saturday was the straw that broke the camel's back on on social. It really was. So, uh, plus the matchup set for a week from Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday, it will be Chiefs and 49ers. We are excited because that means we get to see Adam Teicher again in Vegas. And uh, we are looking forward to that. And uh, going to be planning quite a few interviews uh, from Vegas, including Adam, who we will spend uh, some time with uh, on game week. And uh, that is always going to be fun for us. So, yes, the opportunity to uh, see John's brother will be just uh, the icing uh, on the cake. And uh, he came so close to having that dream matchup. It was almost it was almost Lions and the Chiefs. Yeah, it almost was. Uh, I'm real excited that we'll be uh, able to catch back up with Adam Teicher out in Las Vegas. Uh, what a game that was, right, Steve? Uh, Chiefs, Ravens, really no score other than the field goal in the second half of that game. Uh, Ravens had no answer offensively. On, Oof, you know that God. defense from the Chiefs. We we don't give enough credit to Steve Spagnola and what he's been able to do with Kansas City. Uh, it's it's a bunch of guys who have really developed through that system. Think of that one player that we talked about, and I think we got to give a lot of credit to Adam Teicher for calling his shot. Legereus Sneed for uh, forcing that fumble against Zay Flowers uh, that really changed the game. Zay Flowers had that touchdown. He dove for it. Legereus Sneed comes out. He punches the ball out. It's a touchback. Uh, and you know what? The, you know, the Ravens had so much difficulty trying to score throughout that game. They were frustrated. They were rattled. Yep. And credit the Chiefs were playing a great game yesterday and uh, winning that one. No, you're right. And look, I thought, again, we bring it up, but you have, you have to mention it. It's important to mention. Lamar Jackson was 2-4 and four career in the playoffs before this uh, game on Sunday. He's now 2-5. and five, All right? And that, that says something. I know he's been MVP back-to-back, and I don't know if I really put this on Lamar. Look, I, I thought that the fumble was a huge turning point. They were driving. They were coming back. They had the momentum. That was an absolute killer. And before that, Flowers then got called for the personal foul for taunting. So two plays in the same drive that really took the air out of Baltimore sales. But if you take away that drive, Jackson was just ordinary. He wasn't spectacular. You know, that's the one thing I'll say is that Mahomes made all the big plays he needed to. And and Mahomes does what Mahomes does. Comes up big in big moments. Lamar Jackson... For a guy that has so much talent, so much talent, it was a very ordinary performance from him in a game that meant a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, as the big uh, Lamar defender on this show, I really don't have a lot of defense. The one uh, glaring issue or mistake I I saw from yesterday's game was the triple coverage interception, throwing it to Isaiah Likely in the back of the end zone into triple coverage, and it gets picked off. And regardless of whether that should have been pass interference, you don't throw it to triple coverage in the back of the end zone like that. That's uh, a careless mistake. He was sacked four times in this one. He never felt, he never really got in his groove. And then they abandoned the run game. So it's not like they complimented him nicely. 
nicely on the ground. Other than Lamar, I mean, outside of Lamar, they only rushed the ball eight different times between Edwards and Justice Hill. They were playing catch-up for the majority of this game, and I don't think the Ravens are built to play catch-up. And I'll tell you another thing, Steve. The Lions have a shot next year. They're a young team. But the Ravens, you look at Aaron Rodgers coming back with the Jets, Joe Burrow coming back with the Bengals, uh, Deshaun Watson back with the Browns, or whatever quarterback situation is going to happen over there. The AFC is loaded. How can you take it for granted, this run? this It felt like their window of opportunity was here for Baltimore. Don't forget Justin Herbert now joining up with Jim Harbaugh this next year and uh, with the the Chargers. Yeah, there's a lot going on. A lot going on. C.J. Stroud, back at it. Good point. Let's get back to the phones as we continue right now. We'll go first uh, to Cruz, then we'll say hello to Lance and Ray. We got full phone lines, 505-6009. Hey, Cruz. How's it going, bud? Good. Hey, um, you know, the, the, that, that coach, just, uh, Detroit's coach, you know, he, he, he just, you know, they were being dominated, and he's still calling that play, uh, you know, on, on fourth down. I mean, he did this throughout the year, and they were more uh, successful more than they were not, but, you know, so the, the more you do this, the more predictable you are. San Francisco had plenty of time to scout, you know, to scout these plays on fourth down, what he calls. I mean, everything was against him. The odds were against him. He'd done this throughout the, you know, before many times. And, uh, you know, it, it, they were being dominated. I mean, he gave the game away, you know, doing this, in, in my opinion. You know, I, I just, uh, the people over there should let him hear about it, if you ask me. The people there love him. And I'll tell you why, because he's made them relevant for the first time in 30 years. Okay. He really (laughs) has. And they're going to be back. They are going to be back. And he is, he is the perfect personality for the city of Detroit. I mean, he really is. He represents that city better than probably any coach uh, would ever represent. The thing is, is that you got to realize, I don't think Dan Campbell deserves a pass. He had his issues and things that, that really hurt, but Dan Campbell wasn't the reason that they couldn't catch a football in the second half. Dan Campbell oh, yeah. wasn't the reason that Jameer Gibbs fumbled the ball in the second half. I mean, there were a lot of things that the Lions did to turn that game around in San Francisco's favor. Campbell didn't help his case, but he definitely wasn't the sole reason they lost. Yeah, well, you know, but uh, I, 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 you know, they were scouted. I mean, everything was just against them. You know, just like uh, what Nick Saban over there in Alabama, the last play of the game when he had, tried to get his quarterback to run that ball in. Everybody knew that quarterbacks are runners, so they were expecting it. But so they were expecting, you know, more than likely the play that he called. They had already seen more than once because he, he does that enough where he has to use different plays. But uh, I, well, even in the first half when he when. Um, Instead of kicking the field goal, yeah, he ran it. I kept saying right there, and and it's the same thing with many other teams. When you don't kick the a field goal and you have a chance when you run it and they stop you, that might come back to haunt you. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. So uh, even in the first from the first half, you know, he, um, I was just so much against it. But, I hear you. Know, you. I'm, I'm, I hear you. Cruz, appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. All right. I do have Lance and Ray coming up, but let's get right back to Adrian. He has a bottom of the hour sports center, and then we'll come back with more phone calls here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, Adrian. Thank you very much. Let's keep the phones moving. 505-6009. One line now available. We'll go first to Lance, then we'll go to Ray. Lance, you're up next. Thanks for the call. How are you today, Lance? Gentlemen, how are you doing today? We're doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. I want to talk about both games, uh, if possible. Sure. Uh, I know you mentioned uh, that Lamar Jackson played a very ordinary game yesterday, but, I mean, in my opinion, he played subpar. Uh, if he's supposed to be the MVP of the league, where actually this year his numbers were lower than when he won it the first time, mm-hmm. uh, he's supposed to show up for you in the big moments. Uh, right now, uh, to me, you put Patrick Mahomes, elite status, and then it's everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's 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 a fair argument. I mean, you know, and, and it's funny, too, because Mahomes is now the villain. Have you noticed that maybe the whole Kelsey Swift thing is kind of rubbing people the wrong way at times, and Mahomes is now being thought of as like a whiner and a complainer because he spoke out a couple times this year. So it's funny how people have kind of shifted against Mahomes. Maybe people are tired of seeing Kansas City now four Super Bowls in the last five years. But you're right. He is the best. 
and after Patrick Mahomes, everybody else. I, I don't think there's an argument with that. I think that you could take Lamar Jackson and lump him in there with the Josh Allens and everybody else around uh, the NFL. And the other thing about that game was, you know, Zay Flowers, uh, I don't know what his deal was. You know, I, I know you want to get excited. You're happy that you made a big play. But to taunt and get that 15-yard penalty, and then you have, then you fumble just before you hit the goal line. If I'm not mistaken, it was the same guy that he taunted that caused the fumble. Yeah, that's right. That was Le'Veon Sneed. Yes. Matter of fact, if you, I don't know, we probably didn't know this or not, but when we were Radio Row last year, uh, Adrian interviewed him. He went one on one with Snead during our uh, media coverage with the Chiefs, and that was uh, kind of a nice, fun interview for us because Adrian Snead played in Conference USA at Louisiana Tech. One of the reasons you really wanted to talk to him, yeah. And now he's turned into a premier shutdown corner, which is crazy. I mean, last year he was like a starter and was all right, and this year Legarius Snead is really taking it to another level. I mean, he was guarding Tyreek in the first round of the playoffs yesterday. It was really Zay Flowers that he shut down and forced that fumble again, so he's been playing great over the postseason and this entire season. I mean, Kansas City definitely has my respect, even though they beat my Dolphins. I mean, how can you not respect them? Uh, but on the other side of the spectrum, uh, with the Lions, I mean, they did everything possible to give that game away, but let me ask you this question, and then I'll go ahead and uh, hang up and listen. Sure. When they had the ball, I think it was a minute 53 left, they were on the 49ers' 22-yard line. You need 10 points. You have all three of your timeouts. Why not take the field goal at that point, kick the ball away, put the game in your defense's hands, get a three and out, you get the ball back with maybe about a minute 30, and you have all three of your timeouts? Okay, the reason I think they – because what you're saying makes total sense, and it's what I would have done, and Adrian and, and everybody else that was watching that game probably thought the exact same thing. I think the biggest reason was they had some trust issues in um, Michael Badgley. Now, Badgley is, you know, he has not played all season with the Lions. He came on board for, uh, with them uh, the middle of December. And, you know, you look at his field goals this year. Um, interestingly enough, he was three for three from 30 to 39 yards and during the regular season in the last four games and did not attempt a and, and was one for one from 40 to 49 yards but he, he didn't really attempt much and even in the uh, postseason one for one from 50 plus two for two from 20 to 29 and that's it like they don't attempt a lot of field goals they really don't and I mean Dan Campbell he's he's one of these coaches where he just doesn't like Going for three, he's more of a of a you know go for it on fourth. In fact, they have like a thirty four percent completion ratio on fourth down, and they say that that is the largest completion ratio on fourth this century of all pro football teams. Like that's just what they do. They gamble. He's a gambler all the time. I mean, I get that, but. They they've never been in that position. Maybe you chalk it up to inexperience, uh, but at this point, with these two games that the Niners have come back to, to win, it's going to be hard to bet against them. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. But you want to know something? Uh, Patrick Mahomes is not, um, you know, Detroit, and he's not the Green Bay Packers. He's the best. He's the best. And if you're the best, and all of a sudden – you know, you're going up against the best, as you said it earlier to start the call. Uh, right. the, uh, San Francisco is going to have their work cut out for them against Kansas City. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Appreciate the call. Good job, Lance. Thanks for getting in. 37 pass as we continue here on Sports Talk. By the way, I was looking at uh, some of the stats from Badgley, Adrian, and, you know, he's historically 37 out of 48 from 40 to 49 yards. But they just didn't use him much this year. So I don't know if maybe they, you know, the year before it was 8 of 10 from 40 to 49. Again, I would have tried it. I thought that the conditions were good. They would have done it. But that's just not, that's just not 
Detroit's M.O. Yeah, but why do you even employ a kicker on your team if you're going to go that route? I-, I was thinking, when you're reeling those stats to me, I'm thinking, have your punter just go yeah. on kickoffs because it sounds like you have no interest in kicking anything whatsoever yeah. except for extra points. No, that's true. And by the way, he's missed two extra points this season with the Lions. Did miss two. Let's go to Ray. He's joining us next as Sports Talk continues, 38 pass. How you doing, Ray? Good. Yourself, Steve? Doing well, thanks, Ray. Appreciate it. Good, good. I know we're in the offseason, but I wanted to talk a little bit of uh, high school football. I had a great time at the Pebble Hills in the season banquet this weekend. So did I. Uh, it was a lot of fun. First class all the way. I need to thank uh, Mark Torres, uh, head coach, uh, who uh, gave me the invite about a month ago. The administration, the booster club, everybody there was great. So really enjoyed being there myself. Thank you. Yes, great great job by the, the boosters there. Uh, Coach T, obviously, he, yep. he's leaving us, uh, and he, he he chose a good speaker to have there. Great message sent to the ki- kids there. Well, I'm hope I'm, I'm happy you enjoyed it. Uh, again, you know, there was a lot of people there in the cafeteria, and uh, really just a, a great event, first class all the way. So uh, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing all those JV kids moving up to varsity. I mean, you're 10-0 undefeated in JV. Kind of makes me feel like the next couple of years could be pretty special out there at the varsity level. Exactly. It's just, just like they say, Coach T is leaving us, but Sparta ain't going anywhere. There you go. They got a good team coming up, uh, good young we had a freshman quarterback lead us to the undefeated JV season, so That's wild. it should be an interesting season all around in uh, 6A again next year. Good stuff. I'm looking forward to it, Ray. I really am. Good good to see you again, Steve. Appreciate you coming in, and uh, thanks again for the kind words, and thanks uh, for, for you being there as well. Good stuff. From Ray, let's go to Bobby, and then we'll take a break. 39 past. The Sports Talk continues. Hi, Bobby. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's hey, uh, I, had a, I remember you guys had a guy named Dan talk last week about pretty much putting down Purdy. Yes. If I'm not mistaken, if you see Purdy's stats, he's like leading the league in one, two, or three, like in ten of them at least. Purdy's very young, very smart. Has against Green Bay, I had never, I had never seen him play like that. But I knew he was gonna, he was gonna come back. And I had a good faith on the 49ers. I was a little down in the beginning, but I know they have a good team. And I know they got a lot of good weapons and everything. So you got to give credit where it's due. Because Purdy's a hell of a quarterback. 24 you know years old has taken them twice, twice to the championship game. That's very, very hard. I don't see Dak Prescott has done that once. Now you tell me Purdy's not a good quarterback. He's a hell of a quarterback. And he's barely getting there. Barely getting there, Steve. Give, give him even another year or two. He's going to get better, not going to get worse. He's going to get better. The Niners are there, and that's what counts. It doesn't matter how they got there. They wanted, they came back from 20, what is it, 20 something points, 17 points? 17. 17, and they, were, and they were down big against the Packers. They came back from that game, too. Look, Purdy's, uh, you know, he's been clutch. And it, it's, the funny thing is, is that it hasn't been all Purdy because let's be honest. They've got one of the they've got the best running back right now in football in in, in, in Christian McCaffrey. They do. And he makes such a difference in that offense. He takes the pressure off of Purdy. It doesn't have to be all Brock Purdy. I mean Exactly. You know, definitely. You're, big you're big luxury. Right. Yeah. It's a big And luxury. not just that, Steve. I had a really quick the Niners have thirty eight playoff wins. The most of any team in the NFL after yesterday. Hopefully it'll be thirty nine. You gotta give credit where it's due. The Niners are a hell of a team. Great players. I don't know how long they're going to be this good. You know, they're going to lose some, great, some a lot of good players this coming year. Enjoy the know. ride, Bobby. Are you going to Vegas? They are going to be. But it's going to be a hell of a good. It's going to be a hell of a game. Um, the Chiefs are a hell of a team, and I respect it, the Chiefs big time. Are you it's going? Are, are, are you going to Vegas to see the Super Bowl this year? Am I going? No, I'm not going. I can't go. I got to work, and uh, you go. I'm. I work uh, 24 hours. If you know what I mean by that. But, Man, uh, we got we. Yeah, that's rough. You know that is I mean? rough. I get you. Law, what I'm talking about, but uh, yeah. that's the way it goes, sir. I hear you. Thank well, you. Congratulations. Enjoy it. Appreciate the call, Bobby. Thanks for getting it. All right. 
18 in front of five. Real quick, Steve, we were at the 2022 draft, and Brock Purdy towers over his contemporaries at quarterback from that class. Malik Willis, who got picked in the third round to the Titans. Kenny Pickett, first round to the Steelers. Sam Howell, fifth round to the Commanders. Uh, Desmond Ritter, third round to the Falcons. Matt Corral, who's not even in the league, third round to the Panthers. Yeah, I, I would take Brock Purdy over any of those quarterbacks any day. Who went in the first round? Besides, um, just pick it. Just that pick it. it. That was it. So, Weak class. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And look at look at what Mister Relevant's doing. When was the la- when was the last time Mister Relevant was a quarterback? Yeah, when's the last time Mister Relevant played on a team year over year? Right. Yeah. This is pretty impressive. Stuff. By the way, he's more of like Mister Relevant is the best way yeah, to put it. That's right. So that's what he is. All right, we'll come back. Wrap up our one of two. Stay with us. Sports talk continues. Six hundred ESPN El Paso. Schoolyard Sports Studio. Here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. My fault there on that one, Adrian. Start of hour number two here on the program. As you heard, it's the 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studios. Happy to have you back. Alberto Huerta is with us as well. He was uh, chiming in with Adrian at the end of last hour. we got a lot more in store for you. Two lines are open, 505-6009. Look, uh, the big story, Super Bowl 58, matchup set, Kansas City, and uh, San Francisco. Adrian, I went one for two this uh, this last week. Did you hit both? No, one for two as well. I, I picked 49ers and the Ravens. So both of us had pretty uh, – we had the opposite picks. and We, had we the, did. Yeah, I thought you were going to go 2-0 two, two for sure. I thought there was no chance the 49ers would come back in that game. That makes two of us. And I went 4-0 last week, so I was thinking, wow, 6-0? and This is good. i got to start picking spreads now. Yeah, exactly. Good playoff run. Uh, play some futures when you're out of Vegas and stuff like that. Oh. Maybe dabble into a little NBA uh, baseball. Throw a little baseball futures too. Why not? I am. I am. If if it's up, I don't know if it'll be up, but if it's up, I will be putting money on the Jets to uh, win the division next year. Oh, I like it. Okay, I think I'll like get. It. I think I'll get some pretty good odds too. I do. I think you will too. I hope those are up. And uh, you know, speaking of futures, I might have to lean on you for baseball futures and stuff like that. Well, you know, pennant winners, well, MVP, love it. Dodgers are probably going to be like one to five. I mean, uh, it's going to be ridiculous. No, value. You no know? value whatsoever. None. That's why you pick against them. You go with somebody else to see what else, what, what can happen and try to win some money that way. So yeah, that sounds good. All right, um, we'll give out our UTEP awards from Saturday's game as well. If you're just joining us, we didn't talk any UTEP our first hour. Don't worry, we'll talk uh, UTEP this hour and next hour when John Teicher joins us live from uh, Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue over there at uh, Artcraft uh, on the west side of town for UTEP basketball with Keita Adams and Joe Golding. So last week... um. The women lost both road games. The men won both home games. This time around, it's the opposite. The women won both home games. The men lost both road games. That just seems to be a trend all around Conference USA. But, Adrian, the point is most fans don't care about the rest of the league. I mean, you you ask minor fans. They couldn't care less that this is a home-dominant league. They want to know about UTEP and not the other eight teams in Conference USA. Specifically, how UTEP can lose for the first time in their program's history to Sam Houston State. Yeah, I would say that minor fans look down on the league, if anything. Yes. They they look down and think, why does UTEP lose to Sam Houston in this road game? Why do they lose to Louisiana Tech, a team that they are pretty competitive with uh, year over year? So I think that's where a lot of frustrations come uh, for minor fans. Uh, this past week on Minor Talk, it was a very fiery edition. People were very upset with uh, the performance on Saturday. And I think the reason why they were so upset is they felt like the Miners had a chance and they should have won that game on yes. the road. Forget the chance. It's one thing to be in the game against the contender. It's another thing to actually win it on the road. That's true. That is very true. So, And it didn't happen. And fans are just uh, – uh, they, and they have a right to be upset. They really do. Because this team is uh, the kind of team that will drive you crazy. That's just the best way to put it. It'll drive you absolutely crazy. All right, uh, let's take calls. Let's get right back to it. Enrique uh, joins us next, 505-6009. Enrique, appreciate the phone call. How are you today? I'm good. How about yourself, Kent? Doing well. Thanks, Enrique. Appreciate it. I'm excited for you guys going back to Media Row. Uh, We are, too. Believe me. We've been talking about this for months we booked these uh, the, the the flights and hotel rooms about five months ago, not knowing what was going to happen. And uh, yeah, with this Super Bowl matchup and uh, the two teams and everything else around it, and where it's going to be, we are ecstatic 
And uh, if you listen to last year's show from Phoenix, we were we were just, you know, that was our first time around and kind of feeling it out. Now that we have a pretty good idea of what to expect and we're going to be there Monday for both teams' big press conferences, we are very, very excited about the kind of content we're going to bring you over the course of the next, uh, you know, the next uh, four days uh, next week. Uh, I'm excited for it, Cap. I, I said it before, I'll say it again. You guys did a great job your first time around, and I'm just even more happy that you guys are going to be, like I said, having fun, doing it a lot better, or even greater than last time, and just representing the city. I love it. Appreciate that, Enrique. Thank you. I wanted to ask, tell you um, real quick about Patrick Mahomes is that a lot of people are already saying uh, goat talk. I kind of have to agree just because of how well they dominated the game against the Ravens. All year the Ravens were a dominant team, and no one even picked the, the, the Chiefs to come close to where they were at with all the injuries, suspensions, uh, all the missed opportunities with drop passes. Yep. Just the way they were able to come together, it's great. And I really feel that Patrick Mahomes will get a third ring. That'll put him cement his spot. And I don't think it's fair to compare him to Brady because, like, every year we have – every decade, every generation we have had that quarterback that everyone compares him to. Dan Marino, um, Terry Bradshaw, Troy Aikman, Joe Montana, and now we have the bar setter, Tom Brady. But I think in his own right, Patrick Mahomes is setting his own bar that other quarterbacks have to now live up to. It's a good point, and I don't disagree with that. I feel like Mahomes is just kind of in a league of his own right now. And, and, and the funny thing is, Enrique, like you mentioned, we have great quarterbacks in this league at this point. We really do. I mean, Josh Allen has the chance to be a superstar. You could say the same thing about Joe Burrow. You could say the same thing about Justin Herbert. You could say the same thing about uh, Brock Purdy. And, and, and everybody in this league that, you know, it's a quarterback league. Let's be honest. I mean, this, you know, you have a franchise quarterback, you can go places. And yet you look at what we've seen uh, from Patrick Mahomes, the kind of pace he is on right now. And if he wins his third Super Bowl ring uh, this early in his career, I'm not saying he's going to break Brady, but what a what an incredible run that is to to watch as it's just getting to you know as it's just starting. I agree. I, I'm excited for the guy, and I'm I'm even more excited for just Andy Reid. If yep. this is indeed his last year, if he was to get one more ring, I love it for the guy. The guy, the man deserves it. The man deserves it, and the, what a way to represent. His his legacy coming from a, coming from UTEP. I just I, I love it. But you know what? Here's the question: Can you really see Andy Reid leaving if they win this year? Like, I mean, you're in the middle of a dynasty. I mean, how do you? I, I guess there's two ways to look at it. Okay, one, you leave when you're on top, and there's no doubt about that. But I don't see a drop off coming. So if you're Andy Reid. How do you leave knowing you could take you you could you know leave your post with future trips back to this game that you would leave on the table? I don't know if you, I don't know if you do that. I'm going to answer a question with a question. No, did we really see um, Dick Staben retiring either? Uh I don't know. I mean, 72 years old. How old is Reed? Reed's got to be what uh, late sixties. He's getting up there, and then sixty. Okay, so he's sixty-five. Token. He's sixty-five years old. So that means he's seven years younger than Nick Saban. So and I don't a know. Years younger than Bill Belichick too. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Huh? It's an interesting question. It really is. So I don't know. I mean. You know what? We're going to see Adam Teicher, John's brother, when we go back to Vegas uh, next week. We'll have a nice sit-down interview with Adam, like we did a year ago when the when the uh, you know Chiefs were there, and we'll ask we'll ask Adam that question. Let's see. Look, he's been around Andy Reid every day ever since he arrived in Kansas City. So if anybody could have a good, you know, really have a finger to the pulse of Andy Reid's future, it would be Adam Teicher. There you go. I look forward to hearing it, Cap. Appreciate you, Enrique. Thanks for the call, man. Good stuff. And let me tell you, folks, last year was fun going out to Phoenix. It was fun. This year, I'll be honest with you, because it's Vegas, oh, I don't know what to expect. I mean, I think it's going to be, so, you know, again, 
the celebrity um, aspect is just going to be something we might never see again. So, Adrian, um, I think we're going to have an opportunity to talk to a ton of people starting next week. And the hardest part is going to be to figure out, um, you know, which ones we air and and which ones maybe online only. Uh, We could do we could be doing a lot of extra podcasts next week. Yeah, we could actually hear some very quick interviews too. imagine we get some of the premier names for three, five minutes. And that's totally fine, because if we get that, that'd be great for our listeners to hear or do some uh, YouTube only some uh, podcast only interviews. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, Hey, real quick on the goat talk for Patrick Mahomes. Is Patrick Mahomes the number one athlete in all of sports right now? Um, that's a hard one to just put on the spot. Alberto gave Leo Messi as a, as a possible, you know, maybe an adversary in that situation or somebody else who you could throw in that conversation. Well, it's it's funny because Leo Messi is is definitely in that ballpark with what he's doing in Miami, what he's done with his whole career. I think that's that's definitely accurate. Um, you know, when you start to think about Mahomes, it, it, you put him on LeBron levels. Is that where is that kind of where you put him? Yeah, and actually, right now, I would think that. Of anybody in the NBA, the the crown is up there for somebody to grab for the best player in the league right now. Baseball, yeah, you could maybe argue Otani, you could argue yep. some, uh, you know, a unicorn or a superstar like that. But somebody who's had success at the highest levels, won at the highest levels, and continues to have success year over year like Mahomes, kind of makes him the number one athlete in sports, in my opinion. Doesn't slow down. Doesn't That's, slow down. He's not slowing down at all. Well, let's go to Adrian. He joins us next here as Sports Talk continues. Adrian, what's happening? What's up, Steve? How are you doing, man? Ah, we're doing well, Adrian. How are you? I can't complain. Hanging in there, you know. Uh, I've been a couple weeks, you know, since the Cowboys got eliminated. So, so I'm trying to get over that. Not that I, you know, go crazy over it, but you know, talking about the two games yesterday, Steve, I, I didn't get to watch really. I, I listened to the Baltimore and uh, and uh, Kansas City game. But I mean, I mean, Patrick has beat all comers, man. He's he's he knocked down. Uh, he went on the road and beat Buffalo, and he beat Baltimore, and the leading candidate for MVP. What more can that guy do? I mean, you 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 can't ask for much more than that. It almost seems like during the regular season he was bored and playing with you know toying with some of those teams almost, you know. But more power to him. Going to the Lions game, Steve. I got a, I got a little bit of a, you know, some some questioning for for Campbell, man, just because of his, and and of course hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yep. And Monday morning quarterback, whatever. But when you look at at the situation in the first half when they had that field goal, uh, or they, you know, they're in in uh, fourth down and two or so, and he said, oh, it was just, you know, what well, they reported it was. Just a, sm- a smidge too far to go for it. You know, I don't, I don't follow that logic because if you go for it there and you don't get it, you got them backed up on their own goal line, man. You know, maybe you even get a safety to re- recover two of those three points. Yep. But if you, but if you go for it and you get that touchdown, talk about the just the the way you go into the half. You know the domination, and by saying that he doesn't regret going for it in the second half two times and not getting it, I get it. Receivers drop the ball, whatever. That's crazy. That's That really stunk for them. But how do you go for it in that instance when, you know, time is more of the essence? All of those things are factors to be considered, but not go for it when, when it's a, a fourth and two. I just didn't follow that, and I wish – you know, I wish Detroit had been in there as a Cowboy fan. You know, I'm not ever going to root for the Niners. I, I you know, I, I know a few Niners fans that are friends of mine, and and every who doesn't, right? But they're going to be excited and good for them for their team. But man, they really had no business in there if Dan Campbell does his job as a head coach. Yeah, I mean, but you have to realize, okay? And I said this earlier, Adrian. Dan Campbell didn't fumble the ball in the second half like Jameer Gibbs did. 
Dan Campbell didn't drop some passes that were thrown right where they needed to be from Jared Goff in that second half, which kind of gave San Francisco the momentum. Did he have decisions that definitely were kind of like uh, part of the problem and 100% right? Did Dan Campbell make some questionable decisions on fourth down, which could have absolutely um, swung the game in San Fran and not give Detroit the opportunity to tie or win the game? Yes, he did. But there was so much more to it than that. To me, to me, the Lions, it was the perfect storm. I mean, he had a 17-point lead, and when the Niners started making the comeback and started getting more and more confidence, it was like Detroit just completely fell apart in every aspect. Yeah, and I get that. I get all of that, man. And I understand. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to second-guess and – they play that way all the time, and, and right. you know, and, and I can understand that. But but at the same time, if you're going to say we play that like that all the time, then, then you know, play some smash-mouth football and go for it at the goal line, man, yep, and, yep. And, and let the chips fall where they may. Just because, you know, if they had gotten that touchdown, that's a four-point spread right there. Sure, you know, and then the now it's – right. And now all of a sudden you know, it's 28-7 to at halftime and not – 24 to 7. So you're right. There's, yeah, there's no doubt yeah, about yeah. it. And maybe, and just maybe, if you do that, maybe maybe you do kick those field goals without having to worry about it because you're already at 28. And what do you say? It's a race to 30. No, you're right. But here's you know? the other, but here's the other, here's the flip side. 30. Here's the flip side of that argument, okay? If you dominate the game and you don't get the touchdown and you're up 21 7 at the half, and then San Francisco comes down and scores, it's a, it's a seven point game. And I felt like, you know, I, I thought Campbell did the right thing. It was, you have to get points. You can't take a drive like that and not get points. So I agreed with the field goal. The problem is, is that his decision making process in the second half did not match that decision to kick the field goal instead of go for the touchdown. It was like it was the exact yeah. opposite. It was the and yeah. and you got to be and you got to be consistent. You're either you're either all in or you're playing the percentages and trying to make sure you get points when you need to get points. Well, and you flip the script and you say the same thing in the second half. If you're in a close game and you're in a t- in a game where you're down three, how do you not get points? You exactly. Get how do you points. not try the field goal? One hundred percent. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like if you're going to kick the field goal at the end of the first half, like they did, then kick the field goal when you're in range and your offense is moving the ball, so at least you have something to show for it, and you're staying in the game offensively. So that's what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. And they didn't do that. So yeah, I mean, I I, I said it to my wife where we're sitting there watching. I said, you know what? Uh, those that's going to come back to haunt them, you know, and, and sure, sure enough, it did not once, but twice. It yeah, did. You're but, right. A- Adrian, I got to run pal. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for getting in. It's good to hear your voice as we approach 20 past. Let's go to Charlie for traffic. We got more coming up, including those awards from Saturday. We'll give those out here from John Teicher and more of your calls. 600 ESPN El Paso back here on sports talk. As we continue. 505-6009, that is our telephone number that gets into the program. 505-6009. Two lines are available. We'll get to Gator Richard in a minute. First, though, we've got awards to give out from the Saturday's game. Unfortunately for the Miners, they fell short to Sam Houston by a 60-56 to uh, final score. But uh, on Miner Talk after the game, we always announce our... Uh, two big awards, and that is our Timothy Cantrell player of the game and our Win Supply El Paso hot hand of the game. Let's start first with the hot hand. Uh, who ended up getting that award? This one goes, and it was tough, Steve. This was a tough game for the Miners. It felt like they needed a standout player. No one really stood out for them throughout this game. Uh, Otis Frazier III went out with uh, an injury. He's back this week. Baylor Hebb hurt his shoulder, was out of the game. They had to roll with other guys like Derek Hamilton off the bench, Elijah Jones off the bench, Jonathan Dosanjos, who hasn't played in eight games. So they rolled with some guys that they haven't really rolled with in a while. We gave the hot hand award to Zid Powell because in this matchup he scored six of his ten points in the second half when they needed it. He also grabbed two steals in the second half in particular. He was plus four in efficiency in the second half, so when they needed help, he had four turnovers in the first half, second half only one. So he kind of sharpened up his skills in the second half, and uh, Zid Powell, although it was tough for him to play in this one, and he had a tough uh, game as well, he still was the hot hand of the game. Man, that that, that last turnover that was a killer as it was a one-point yeah. game and that was it that was 
the worst time possible. And you, and you think about that turnover. You also think about the hardy intentional foul. Yeah. There was just some tough sequences late in the game. I thought you were going to go Solomon, um, you know, just because it was one of his better offensive performances. He scored nine points, but he had some big baskets, and he was also, I think, plus seven on the game. So I figured you were going to go there. But, um, hey, you know, nonetheless, uh, Powell did have ten points. It's one of those rare games when Powell scores double figures – and the Miners lose. Hasn't happened very often. Hasn't happened at all. In fact, uh, when they score 10 or more points, thanks to Alberto who did the research over the weekend, they are t- uh, 9-2. and two. So yeah. after this one, 9-2. and two. They came into the game 9-1. and one. Wow. Uh, When he scores under 10 points, they are 2-8 and eight overall. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, Wind Supply is uh, a official distributor of champion heating and cooling. In fact, when you go to the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com, that's windsupplyelpaso.com, you will find these certified champion elite dealers and then you'll find your preferred champion dealers there is a champion dealer near you all you got to do is click the links it gives you phone numbers contacts emails everything you need to get set up and stay warm this winter with a new champion furnace courtesy of wind supply el paso now time for our timothy cantrell player of the game who received a POW honors? Well, we went to Calvin Solomon. So you asked about yeah, his yeah. status for hot hand. It's because he was the player of the night for us in this matchup. He had six second-half points to eclipse a 1,000 career points. Uh, milestone moment for Calvin Solomon. Uh, hasn't really gotten the scoring going on his side, although this game was encouraging for that number right there. Nine points on three of four from the field, and he also grabbed five rebounds. The turnovers have to be limited in the future for Calvin Solomon. Solomon, four turnovers in this matchup, but he played 27 minutes, which off the bench for him, that's a, that's a good amount. They went back to the bigger lineup approach this time around, Kalu and Solomon down low, and uh, yeah, I thought Solomon played the best that he's played in a while. All right, folks, uh, Timothy Cantrell has over 20 years of experience as your trusted real estate agent. In fact, he's here to make your real estate dreams come true. All the knowledge, this dedication, and resources you need to buy or sell your home. If you're ready to take the next step, contact Timothy today. You can reach him at 915-204-8441 via call or text 915-204-8441. And don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Timothy Realtor for the latest listings and tips. More UTEP basketball coming up top of the hour with John Teicher live from uh, Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue on Artcraft, getting ready for UTEP basketball with Keith Adams and Joe Golding. Uh, let's go to the phones. Gator Richards joining us next. Go Gators. Hey, Thanks for the call. How's it going, man? It's going. How are you? Go Gators. Go hey, Gators. I-, I had a question for you. Yep. You guys, you guys play those Lumi commercials, right? Like feet pissing beyond the the, the, the stupid uh, lady that's I invented this product to take away body odors and stuff. Can guys, I uh, can I can I can I, can I clue you in a little bit on how radio works? Just so you know, there are certain commercials we air that are called network spots, and network yeah. spots are spots yeah. you run per your network agreements. And unfortunately, some of them are like the ones you described. We have no control, no say. You can't say yes or no. You run them. And yes, I'm happy that that commercial is such a, you know, has has really worked wonders with you personally. So good job there, Richard. Yeah, that that commercial, man, it, it drives me nuts. Anyhow, Adrian, do we have it coming up next? Is it in the next commercial break no, by any I chance? Wish we did, ah, I wish too we bad, did. too bad. Oh, you know what? I'll be honest with you, Richard. I would run it right now, so you can. Listen. You know what? If you can find that commercial, do you know where that commercial is, Adrian? I'm gonna look for it. Look for that commercial. I'll run it during Gator Richards' call. That'll be great. What else is going on? Okay, so that commercial is almost as grating as as everybody like so caught up in this. This uh, Detroit game, like, like your previous caller. I mean, I get it. I mean, I I was watching the game the last like couple minutes of the first half, and, and they cut to a commercial. They come back from the commercial, then all of a sudden the ball changed positions. It cha- you know moved. The ball moved. The time is different, and then they go, oh, well, they did a review. Um, instead of Detroit having to use a timeout, 
they're going to go ahead and just put more time on the clock yeah. or something. And then they said, yeah, so it's a new play clock. It's, uh, you, you know, the time difference, and then Detroit doesn't have to use a timeout. Okay, great. And they're they're already in the red zone. I mean, I think they're, like, still on the 10 or 15 or something, right? They're is, this, is this, like, all part of your conspiracy theory that's, that the no, NFL no, is no. fixed? No, no, this is not conspiracy, man. This this is blatant. Something's going on because okay. watch this. Watch watch watch. Follow what I'm saying. So they give them a new 30 second clock, right? And then they and then they say, okay, they blow the whistle, and then all of a sudden, both clocks start ticking off. Like you know, typically you call a timeout. And then, you know, you, you take your time, you look both ways before you cross the street, all that, right? Well, good God, man, I'm watching this like, okay, so they added on 57 seconds. By the time they snap the ball, it's already like 35 seconds. And I'm like, how in the hell are they starting the clock yet? They had not even snapped the ball. See what I mean? And then, of course, oh, well, we're running out of time. We better just kick a field goal. I mean, an NFL is so predictable because you watch all these damn games during the regular season, and that that possession right at the end of the of the half, mm-hmm. they're going to pull something hokey on you. I mean, look at the Dallas game, and everybody's like coming out all unglued. Oh, look at it! This is craziness, right? Well, who in the hell thinks of this? You know, and then of course you got the. Chris Collinsworth of the world saying, "Oh, uh, yeah, this is great entertainment value. This is, uh, you, you know, this is this is something you couldn't predict. Except AI can predict it, okay? So, anyways, I'm not a Detroit fan. Hell no, okay. I, I really I couldn't care less. But you, 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 you know, it's so predictable that okay, Detroit. Yeah, you made the playoffs. Yeah, you made it to a championship game." But you fell short. And, and yeah, it's kind of controversial. And, and now Detroit fans, they're kind of appeased because, hey, we made it this far. We never made it this far before. Or it's been, you know, 60, 70 years since they, you know, made it this far. That's okay. not true. They lost in the 91 NFC Championship game uh, to Washington. I'm happy here. You know, we're, let's just go home and, you know, wait till next year. And and you know Kansas City is going to be a shoe in the guy. I mean, he's dating uh, what's his face uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift. So so in other words, because Travis Kelsey is dating Taylor Swift, that right there means Kansas City will win another Super Bowl. Is that that you're telling me, right? You got an East Coast team. You got a West Coast team to to maximize the uh, viewership. It's not a Kansas City's not an East Coast team. Kansas City's a Midwest team. Yeah, well, it's close enough. All right, that's it. I can't. I can't. No, that's enough. Thank you. All right. I tried. I gave him as much as I could. You uh, you know, Gator Richards kind of like the guy uh, who always comes up with conspiracies for everything. Like, I'll tell you, Steve, this is an orange pen, but you'll say, you know what? That was actually a white pen before or a black pen before, and you turned it orange. You know, there's always some conspiracy about everything with Gator I, Richard. There is. There, it's amazing that there's not more of a conspiracy against Florida, his beloved uh, Florida Gators. I'm surprised. All right, back to the phones in a moment. First, let's get a quick sports center in. Bottom of the hour, here's Adrian. We keep things moving here on the program. 505-6009. John Teicher coming up in our final segment. So we get ready to join him out at uh, Rudy's today for UTEP basketball with Keith Adams and Joe Golding. Let's go to Conrad. He joins us next on the program. Hey, Conrad, how are you? Hey, Steve. Good. Hey, uh, I just want to say as far as that Lumi, uh, it's been great things for my butt odor. So I definitely recommend it. Awesome. I appreciate the endorsement. I'll tell Richard. That is good to hear. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know, congratulations to the 49ers uh, fans and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs fans. You know, they're right now in the midst of what, what I used to enjoy when I was, uh, you know, uh, when, when the Cowboys were actually successful in the 90s with uh, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Jerry, you know, I, I used to say I, I hated the Niners. I hated this team. I hate that team. And, and at this point, I say I hate Jerry Jones and I hate Stephen Jones. 
Uh, that's kind of where I've gotten to as far as, as that's concerned. Uh, you know, I mean, the Cowboys have become a management firm that plays football on the side. Uh, you know, just no, no, no desire to really do anything to make to make any changes in the front office to 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 get a team that uh, together that can actually do something like the Niners uh, did. I mean, the Niners, the way they played yesterday, down twenty four seven. I mean, the Cowboys. That that happened for, uh, to the Cowboys even in, in AT and T Stadium. The game's over. Oh yeah. Uh, Done. You know, just no, just no heart. Uh, you know, and, and I don't know. Let me ask you. You know, you're in the media. You know, and I go on DallasCowboys.com, and it just seems like the Jones have to sign off on pretty much everything those writers put out there. I That's mean, correct. They work. I they mean, work. The, they work for him. They work for him. Yeah. I mean, are, are, would you be willing to sell out your integrity for a paycheck? Um, how big's the paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay. No, okay. the honest, the honest, the honest answer is no. Listen, okay, yeah. I've spent 30 years in radio. That should answer your question more than anything, okay? I've taken a job that pays lower than a, a lot of other positions that we could uh, all be working in. And you know what? I, I take that because I, I have more fun in this business than anything else. So there's your, there's your answer. Well, I'll tell you, it's been great. It's been great uh, uh, listening to your show uh, all these years. You know, I mean, those guys, Eatman, and, and there's a, a guy, Patrick, with a K, you know, they're answering questions. Uh, why why do the Cowboys uh, try to build a team from the outside in instead of the inside out? Uh, you know, meaning why aren't they trying to build up the defensive tackle and linebackers and you know, their answer is, well, they have been trying. They have been drafting yeah. linebackers. They have been drafting defensive tackles. It just hasn't worked out. You know, uh, ESPN ranked the Cowboys draft class this year as the worst in the NFL. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Guy Patrick says, yeah, well, you know, I really don't think you can judge a, a draft class by year one. You know, Mazzy Smith played. I mean, Mazzy Smith had Listen, no impact whatsoever. I'm going to give you good I mean, advice, okay? I'm going to give you really good advice. Uh, if you if you want really good Cowboys insight, that's not the place to go. Listen to the ticket in yeah. Dallas. They'll tell you straight because those guys are just like us. They're not getting paid by the Cowboys. They're all, they're they're getting paid to offer their opinions, and it's not going to be toting the company line. I'll tell you a quick Nick Eatman story for, since you brought him up. Okay, um, about four years ago, five years ago, when Chris Hanna was getting ready for Now or Never, the uh, documentary on Tony Romo to debut in Romo's hometown of Burlington, Wisconsin, Eatman went up there to uh, be a part of it. Not to be part of the doc, but to interview Romo uh, in a one-on-one, which he was able to get from Romo. And Romo said, well, I'll talk to you, but we want to make sure that the documentary gets coverage. So they did. They covered it and wrote a little blurb about it, and that was it. Okay, Four months ago, or three months ago, Now or Never was given worldwide distribution. The the Romo documentary is now on Amazon. It's on uh, YouTube, and it's on a bunch of other streaming platforms for the first time ever. It's never been available for people to rent or buy. Now it is. uh, Chris, the filmmaker, reached out to Nick Eatman, heard nothing. I reached out to Nick Eatman, heard nothing. Found out after the fact, and, and, and it bothered me because I'm in the media, like Eatman. So you know what? If you don't want to do a story, have the decency to return a phone call or an email. Zero. I found out from uh, somebody who um, who covers the Cowboys along with Eatman, that, uh, and it was told to him in confidence, but I, but I found it out secondhand, the reason Nick Eatman didn't want to do anything is because they're planning their own doc on Romo and decided that they were not going to give Chris any extra help to publicize it. Now think about this for a minute. You're in Dallas, Texas. Romo is still a popular name. The documentary on Romo has probably not been seen by a ton of people in Dallas. You're the Cowboys website. All you got to do is put a story and mention it. Wouldn't do that. That told me enough about Nick Eatman. And as far as I'm concerned, you know what? That's, that's you know, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame that someone um, who's supposed to be a journalist and work for the Cowboys has that kind of a mentality. But that's what you're dealing with. So listen to the ticket. You'll get a much better uh, unbiased approach than what you're getting out of DallasCowboys.com. Yeah, uh, and that's the organization. That's the way it's run. Uh, as far as the Super Bowl, 
Go Chiefs. All right. Appreciate you, Conrad. Thanks for the call. Thanks for getting it. All right. 18 in front of six. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up next. Get you out to John and, and talk a little. Uh, we'll ask John his thoughts on uh, the big one coming up a week from Sunday. So stay with us. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso.